And welcome on into Claves Online and ClavesOnline.com. I am Joe Roderick, and we welcome you to the first of our roundtables this week as it's Major League Baseball's opening week coverage here on Claves Online, presented by Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert. Find him online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Today, we have a preview of the National League Central looking at the Cardinals and some of their opponents over the next 30 minutes or so. And to do so, we will have uh, faces and voices from around the National League Central helping us break down everything that you need to know as a fan. But before we get that far, we welcome in the star of Claves Online. His name is on the uh, the checks, and we welcome him in. He is Mike Claiborne. What's up, man? It's all good, man. I- I'm excited because I can smell baseball. It's just around the corner. And I'm so honored to have some great guests on with us today. We'll start off with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's the voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's Greg Brown. Greg, it's great to have you on board, man. You're looking great. Hey, Mike, you are too. Thanks so much, Joe. Likewise. And uh, as you said, you can taste it. We're almost there. It's uh, taking a lot of hard work by a lot of people, but cannot wait to start things off in St. Louis on Friday night. Let's go to Cincinnati. We're standing by as Bobby Nightingale Jr. of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Bobby, how are you? Doing well, like you guys said. I mean, just glad baseball's back. There were times where I didn't know if we'd get to this point, so glad it's around the corner. Fingers still crossed, by the way. <laughs> Let's go to Chicago, the windy city that has no pity. He is the color analyst for the Chicago Cubs on the radio side, the crime dog, the crewmer himself. Ron Coomer is with us. Ronnie, good to see you. Good to see you, Mikey. How are things in St. Louis, buddy? Well, you know what? It's July, which means uh, humidity has made its home here now. So, uh, you know, we change shirts two or three times a day, man. It's 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 starting to get brutal. <laughs> but aren't we aren't we ready for that? I mean, we're begging for it, right? I'm we're begging for it. Almost there. You're absolutely right. Milwaukee, it's a little cooler. And Jeff Levering of the Milwaukee Brewer Broadcast team is with us. He and Bob Euchre do a fine job on the radio side. Jeff, it's nice to see you again, sir. Hey, good to see you guys. This is my third shirt of the day already, and it's uh, barely 10 o'clock. So, hey, we're feeling it too. (laughs) Our Spanish language broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals, we imported him all the way from Tijuana through Los Angeles. Polo Asensio is with us. Polo, como esta, mi amigo? Hey, let me just make something very clear. I didn't cross the fence. The fence crossed me. All right? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But hey, I'm happy, happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. I just want to tell Joe, Joe, Don Quixote never looks so good, my friend. I, I, I admire your hair. Your, your Wow, Joe, you look amazing. Amazing, Joe, amazing. I Thank you very much. And Polo, of course, is going to be part of our uh, coverage this year on Claves Online as uh, he and I will be doing a daily Cardinal podcast starting this uh, this Friday. All right. I got one question that goes across the board for all you guys. Uh, how close to you are you as far as your season weight is concerned, your game shape weight? Because we've been out, been down for a while. You know, we've had like four months off. So how many of you guys are close to game shape? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm up 20. I'll start. I'm up about 20. Okay. <laughs> I'm not playing anymore. You don't know I can't hit a slider. The knees are shot. I sit in the booth next to Pat Hughes, and we call baseball. Games. I'm good. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> Jeff, what about no, you? I, I maintained. 
I maintain. <laughs> I, play, I, I consistently play for the tie. So. <laughs> the one who's second base, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Hey, hey, you pick you pick the right season to play for the tie because we might have ties this season. We have a lot of ties. <laughs> You're way ahead of us. And, yeah. and by the way, uh, no habla inglés. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, Bobby? I mean, no press box food for four months, man. Have you been able to make I'm down 20 pounds because of it. Well, oh, boy. You know, yeah. game schedule, you might be up 15 before this is over. With. <laughs> I'm missing all Cougars right. Tootsie Rolls. That's all I know. You guys, you know, we, we had a chance to talk a few months ago about our ball clubs, and obviously we had a look at them from spring training. We've now had a chance to see them in summer camp, too. Give me your impressions of how your club looks compared to when you saw them in the spring. We'll start off with you, Greg. I imagine everybody's going to say about what I'm going to say. <laughs> Everybody looks great. Uh, they, uh, there is, um, for me, just kind of watching from, from our high press box behind home plate, watching the workouts and scrimmages. We've called a couple games, actually, against the Indians, exhibition games. It does look like they've got an extra kind of jump in their steps. Uh, you see a lot of... Uh, A field, you know, socially distanced and all, having a lot of fun. But they, they look good to me. Uh, I'm just really anxious for the games to start so we really know how they compare to the other teams in the division. Bobby, what about you? I think everybody in Cincinnati has to feel good about your team going into the season. Now you guys are getting closer. Give me your thoughts on how they look compared to when they were in Arizona. You know, um, the pleasant surprise for fans is their starting pitching looks as good as it did in the spring. I mean, all those guys seem ready. Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo. I mean, they've been dominating hitters in the scrimmages. Uh, Kirk Casale, one of the catchers, said it was miserable trying to face those guys. So uh, you, you can tell they're excited. And then uh, their first scrimmage against the Tigers was last night, and there were nine home runs. So Great American Ballpark is still Great American Ballpark. <laughs> Even in July. Rob, what about the Cubs? You know, I, I've been watching a little bit of you guys playing the Sox, beating each other's brains out. Give me your thoughts on how they look now. I think the Cubs are fine. You know that they're they're a team that the core group is is healthy. That's the main thing for us. Um, Anthony Rizzo has a little back issue, but he had a full workout two days ago and was was fine. You know, Anthony's one of those guys you just you know he's going to play. It's just inevitable. Um, I I think the team everything looks good. The big question for us is is our bullpen and the bullpen health and and those things. So, you know. Um, but like everybody, right now, everybody should be feeling good. We had a bunch of time off. Everybody's ready to go, uh, and then we'll see what happens. Jeff, Milwaukee, uh, you know what? You guys could swing the bat extremely well, and I'm sure like everybody else has said, everybody feels good and they look good. But what do you think? Because every team's got a little bit of a question mark. What, do you, what about Milwaukee? Everybody's tied for first place right now, right? So mm -hmm. it's July 24th on opening day, and everybody's tied for first. Uh, so that's always a good thing. The big question mark coming out of the, the Blue Gold Series, which was a seven-game set between the Brewers and their inner squads, um, was that Christian Yelich wasn't hitting. And he's he's been very vocal. He mic'd him up one day, and, and he flat-out said, I suck right now. Hmm. And that was game one, and he never figured it out until game seven, and he had, he had a base hit. He still doesn't feel good at the plate, um, but maybe that's a credit to the Brewers pitching staff. Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns have looked outstanding. Burns is going to get the ball in game two against the Cubs on Saturday, uh, hoping to turn around what was a really bad 2019 season. But Brandon Woodruff looks like the ace of the staff. The only question mark is, is 
Ryan Braun at this moment, he's been dealing with a bunch of ailments. He's 36 years old. He said he's got a neck, a back, and an oblique issue. So his opening day attainable for him. We'll see um, and, and how Craig Council is going to, at this point of a season, he's usually gearing up for a 40-man roster and using a bunch of bullpen arms, right? You guys are used to that. Now those numbers are going to dwindle as the season goes on. So how does that plan adjust as the year goes on in crunch time? Polo Cardinals coming off of a division championship, had a really good spring. Uh, give me your thoughts on how they have progressed from the spring to where we're at now. Remember, you guys remember that commercial? Uh, uh, it was a PSA commercial on TV. They still play it once in a while, but it's been going on for like 10 years or so. There's this little kid with a baseball and a bat, right? And then he says, I am the greatest hitter of all time. He throws the ball up, swings and misses. I am the greatest hitter of all time. Controls the ball up, hits and misses. Then he says, wait a minute. I am the greatest pitcher of all time because he couldn't hit. I'm not going to say the Cardinals cannot hit, but, hey, we all know that uh, uh, the lack of power is there. Yeah, we have Goldschmidt. Yes, we have the young. We have Matt Carpenter, hopefully Matt Carpenter of, of a couple of years ago. But I think the, the, the questions are there for, for the Cardinals, even though we com we're coming as the uh, current Central Division champions, there's a lot of little questions that need to be answered quick. And that's what I like about this season, that everything needs to be done quickly. And the Cardinals, yes, during spring in Jupiter, they look really, really good because they had that group of 60, 60 kids to look around. Now you have that group a lot smaller. So a lot of scopes, a lot of highlights are, well, that guy, that guy, that guy, where Vader is hitting a lot or playing a lot more, where O'Neill is playing a lot more, where, where Thomas is playing a lot more. What are the Cardinals doing with Dylan Carlson? Those questions that back in spring seemed not so important because, again, you had a lot of players to look at. Now you have those players looking or, or looking at those, you're looking at those guys and the questions are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I see a team that's confident. I see a team that with Yadier Molina behind the plate, he is going to bring that confidence with Wainwright pitching the way he pitched at the end of last season, going into what could be his last season as a Cardinal, perhaps as a, as a bowl player, I think the Cardinals are looking good. But just like a lot of teams right now with a lot of questions, especially in the bullpen, who is going to close the door? We all thought, hey, Hicks is going to be ready. Well, Hicks is not ready. Well, maybe Carlos Martinez. Now we have KK. We have Gio coming in. We have Helsley. A lot of questions for the Cardinals. And, it, and I think one thing we, we all agree on is, this is perhaps the toughest division in all of baseball to pick a winner because everybody has a chance. We'll get to the uh, the bullpen and the pitching staff here in a little bit, but as Polo mentioned, everything has to be quick this season. It's a short season, 60 games. I, I want to know if that benefits or hurts your team. Jeff, we'll start with you. How do you feel the short season is going to affect the Brewers? I think it's a benefit, to be honest with you. This is usually the time where they start to thrive after the All-Star break, and it's August and September, and, and that over the last couple of years is where they've been really good. But as I mentioned before, you don't have the luxury of expanding your roster in September. You start with the expanded roster now. So I think the, the massive importance is to get off to a good start. And if the Brewers get off to a good start, I think they can maintain that. Um, like everybody else, it's about health. And if they can stay healthy – um, and, and avoid the big injury, I think the Brewers are going to be okay, but they got to get off to a good start. They've got the Cubs and the Pirates both on the road to open up. Those are two really big series. Ron? Well, you know, 
and when I look at this, I, I've been asked this question a lot. Who, who does this benefit? And, you know, Pat Hughes always has a comment that he makes on the air. If you think you got baseball figured out, we know that you don't know anything about our game. <laughs> and I just look at what we're doing here, and it's so unprecedented. And I think about it as a player. You know, all the years you play, you gear up for this, as we call a marathon. I, I think, you know, the uh, key things, like Jeff was just saying, health for the ball clubs. You don't have time now to, to, to wait out a, a two-week back issue or an arm issue. So the teams that are healthy, the teams that get off to a great start are going to be confident. All of a sudden, everybody like us and all of the media is going to blow out. You know, if a team goes 6-1 and one to start, that's a huge advantage here right away. So um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know how it benefits or any team. I, I just – you got to get off to a good start. Your, your key guys have to hit right away. And for the Cubs, they've got to hit. If they're going to be competitive and, and be right in that mix, you know, at the end of the year, they've got to hit. But I, I don't have an answer. I just think it's it's a roll of the dice and the hot team, that's 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 what you're that's what you're looking for. It's like we're in September right now, guys, and we're we're all in first place is the way I feel about it. Not even July twenty fourth. I feel like we're in September one, we're all in first place and here we go. Strap it on. Polo with guys like Carpenter and DeYoung who go on hot and cold streaks. What do you, how do you think the Cardinals are uh, set up for a short season? Again, I, I think the theme is if you stay healthy, you're going to win. And if you win early, you're going to get there. Everywhere you ask, that's the question and that's the answer. With, with Carp, we don't know what we're going to get with Carp, right? He, he's looking good right now in summer camp. He was not looking that great during spring training. So which one are we getting? With Paul DeYoung, last season, he started well, and then at the end, he got tired and he went down. With Goldschmidt, he t- it took a month and a half or so to get hot, then he got really hot. We don't have that time. None of us. No, no team has the luxury. The one thing that I really like about the Cardinals is the core players are still there. Like most of the guys, they've been there for a couple of years. I mean, with the exception of Brad Miller and and, and KK, everybody else has been here a couple of years. And with Schilte knowing the system, the way he knows, I believe the Cardinals have that advantage over some teams, perhaps even the Cubs. You know, bringing in, in, uh, oh my God, uh, David David Ross. Yes, he knows the players, but he knows them as a ball player. Now he needs to transition into being a manager. I think the Cardinals and, and the, the Brewers and perhaps even the Reds have that advantage of having a manager that knows the system, that knows the players. When you talk about the Cardinals, it's all about the same thing. Stay healthy and let's see what, what Carpenter can do. You know, luckily, at least we think we have Tommy Edmond to come in and do some damage if Carpenter starts slow. But again, it, it's a big question for everybody. Bobby, it's a, uh, a new-look team. The Reds went out, and they made a lot of moves. So how, how is that going to fit into a short season? You know, I think it helps. You know, they brought in winners. You know, you saw what Nick Cassianos did uh, with the Cubs last August and September. He kind of, you know, he was one of the best players in the league at that point. Uh, Mike Moustakis has won everywhere he's been. Uh, Shogo Akiyama, their center fielder from Japan, well, he'll play left field. Uh, you know, he won a lot in Japan. So they brought a lot of winners over. I think that helps. And also, you know, the schedule really broke for them. They play six of their first ten games against the Tigers. Uh, the first three weeks of the season, they, if you go by last season's records, they have the easiest schedule in baseball. So 
beyond the Tigers, they also have the Royals and the Pirates early on at home. Uh, so for them, I mean, to get off to a good start, which is going to be so important, they couldn't ask for kind of an easier schedule or an easier way to get off to a good start. And then, Greg, we uh, we see the uh, as as you have a, a co-host there in the, uh, the yeah. picture video. <laughs> uh, He's we'll in the baseball. The, we'll see the Pirates first. So, uh, how is this uh, first weekend going to play into the rest of their year? I think I'll go along with what everybody else said. This is the unknown. Uh, you know, I think the shortened season can only help teams like the Pirates. If you take uh, a sixty-game chunk out of almost any year for any team, just go through a 162-game schedule, even their worst years, you can probably grab a 60-game chunk and see a team that played pretty well. Uh, the Pirates were, I think, a game and a half out, maybe two out of first place at the All-Star break last year. Um, I think if you look at the first 60 games last year, Josh Bell hit runs uh, the team in the month of May. So anything can happen. And I think the great equalizer, and Ronnie can speak to this probably better than any of us because he actually played. I believe he's the only one of us that actually played uh, in, in, uh, in pro sports and baseball. Uh, these guys are all geared up for 162. Uh, they are not used to out of the gate saying, okay, now let's go for it. We've got only 60. Let's go. It's a sprint. I really think, and I'm not certainly rooting for this, but I really think that we're going to see more injuries from position players than maybe we've ever seen before. Um, only three weeks to get ready. They did their best, of course, during the quarantine. But now they're out of the gate. Every game is, what, 2.7 times more important than it would be in a 162-game schedule. So I think the injuries and, and maybe the COVID IL is going to be the great equalizer in a 60-game sprint. You are watching uh, ClabesOnline.com. Coverage of our roundtables here. It's opening week for Major League Baseball, presented by Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com. Also powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. We're going to take a short break when we come back. More from our National League Central panel right here on ClabesOnline.com. Jimmy, what are you doing? Hey, Danny, I'm celebrating. Baseball's back and mortgage rates are in the twos. That means you have to go to Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. From early mornings to late nights, behind the scenes and on the front lines, your neighbors are busy creating a better tomorrow. And we're accelerating progress from upgrading natural gas mains in Quincy to expanding substation capacity in Mount Vernon, reliable power communities can depend on. Ameren, Illinois, energy at work. And welcome back into ClavesOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, and you are watching our National League Central Roundtable here presented by Ryan Kelly and thehomeloanexpert.com, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, as we welcome back in our panel and also Mike Claiborne. Thank you, Joe. All right, we've got a pretty good panel. Polo Asensio, Spanish language broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals is with us. Bobby Nightingale Jr. of the Cincinnati Inquirer covering the Cincinnati Reds joins us as well, along with Ron Coomer of the Chicago Cubs radio broadcast team. And Jeff Levering, he's in Milwaukee with the great Bob Euchre and Greg Brown, the voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates, are our guests. So, gentlemen, uh, when you start to look at teams and you look at individuals, you watch some practices, 
Uh, what player is starting to look more like a guy who's ready to go? And maybe it's a name we haven't heard a great deal of because we're all getting a look at our prospects within the organization. So give me one name of a player that you guys feel we should all start paying closer attention to. I'll start off with you, Greg. Well, I say Colin Moran looks the best right now for me. Um, he's locked in. Uh, and, and Rick Eckstein, our hitting coach, who, who came on board the start of last year, kind of talked even go, going into the season last year about what he thinks this guy can do. Uh, he has not even sniffed his potential yet. Uh, and he's got Key Brian on the door of the, one of the top card base. So it's a big 60 games for him. I will say in general, guys, for me, what has shocked me was all the consternation when the players and the owners were discussing how in the world can we fit a three-week spring training in or a summer camp in to get ready for a season. That's not enough time. Well, our starters, again, I don't know if these other, you other guys feel the same way. I cannot believe our starters almost from day one of camp got up there like six, seven innings out of nowhere. Like it, this was an extension of mid-March. It is amazing to me. We talked to Trent Telecast uh, last week, and he half-kiddingly said, yeah, I'm going to lobby for three weeks next year, not seven, because the starters, that's all we've heard about forever. Starters, that's why we do the seven-week spring training, to build them up. This, it's been amazing to me. The, our starters look really, really good right now. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of pitchers, and it's a tribute to the players, who've all come back in incredible shape. I've heard from a number of different people in different teams that have all said the same thing how well these guys will come back in shape. Yeah, uh, the starters, and I will say on the flip side, what's been interesting to watch is the inconsistency of our relievers. And Derek Shelton, our manager, has said, you know, that's one of the things you got to remember. The buildup is also for these relievers that they eventually can pitch back-to-back, -back, three out of four, and we're seeing a lot of inconsistency out of relievers. Bobby, you guys have added a lot of players in this organization, a lot of players that we're familiar with. Give me a young guy that we haven't seen a great deal of that we should be paying closer attention to. I mean, you guys saw him a little bit last year, Nick Senzel. He was their top prospect, um, came up in May, had a so-so rookie season, but he's almost under the radar now just because of all the new additions and he didn't have a great rookie season. But he came into camp. I mean, he's in great shape. I don't know if he lost weight, but he looks more shredded. Uh, he's flying around the bases, flying around in center field. He, he looks like the guy that was their top prospect. Um, he dealt with some injuries the past couple of years, and that might have slowed him down. But if he hits, I mean, he's one of those guys that's really going to be, you know, one of their top two or three hitters on the team. Polo, what about the Cardinals? I, I, I am in love with a kid that uh, you've seen it, and a lot of people have seen it already a little bit here and there, Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas – I am surprised he's not more into the uh, conversation of being a starter in the outfield. Maybe he will with time. But even yesterday, you know, one of the, on the last uh, inter-squad game, he hit a, a base hit off of the Dakota Hudson, and then he steals the base off of Yadier Molina. And not a lot of people steal bases from Yadier Molina, even on, on training camp. And Lane did it yesterday. He can run. He can, he can track the balls in the outfield. He has a really good arm. So I wouldn't be surprised that he makes an impact at some point during this shortened season. Interesting that Lane Thomas and Nick Senzel spent this, this downtime together in, in Knoxville. So uh, maybe we'll see some big things from both of those guys. Jeff, what about the Milwaukee Brewers? Who should I be paying attention to? 
Well, a couple of guys that have made some big changes from last year to this year. One was Corbin Burns. We talked about him. He's come out of the gates like nothing has changed from spring training into the summer camp. He's throwing 99 miles an hour. He's got command of all four of his pitches. He's really been good. And another guy who's not going to get a lot of accolades, but he's going to play a key role, especially if injuries occurs, Ben Gamble. He has totally reshaped his swing. He's, he's hitting for more power. Everybody knows what he can do defensively. But Ben Gamble has really impressed everybody in this camp. And even when he's at the plate, he looks a lot like Christian Yelich. His hands are extended a little bit. They're a little lower. He's got a little baby leg kick. It's almost a Christian Yelich light at the plate. But Ben Gamble's had a, a really impressive summer camp, and, and the spring was very good for him too. Those are two guys to keep your eye on. And, and Logan Morrison – who was a non-roster invite, made the team the other day. Um, he's an interesting bird. All you guys have, have seen Logan Morrison before. You know his antics. He's, he's, he's going to tell you how it is. He's a straight shooter. Um, sip and rip has really started to, to take its form, too, drinking coffee and then just go rip homers. But he lost 25 pounds in those, those two and a half months that we were off from spring training into, into the summer camp. And, and he looks different. He's flying around the field a lot better, and it's going to be a big power bat off the Brewers bench. In Chicago, Ron Coomer, there are a lot of new faces and some young guys that are certainly trying to make their way and impress the new manager, David Ross. Who do you like? Yeah, there's the one guy that really stands out, Mike, that you guys are all going to see because he's either going to platoon at second base or he's going to play quite a bit is Nico Horner. He comes first-round pick from um, Stanford. Uh, he, he's one of those kids that when you, when you first see him, you know, you just look and go, okay, he's athletic, he runs well, he does things. But the more I got to see him in March in playing games and now with all these workouts where we're there every day, yeah, he's a ball player. I mean, he's just a baseball guy. He does a great job with the bat in his hand of using the whole field, which for a young kid is extremely, you know, you just don't see it. It's just extremely important to cut down on the holes in your swing if you can do that. He's done a very good job at second base. He was a shortstop at Stanford. And because of his athletic ability, and as we know, since the Cubs have lost Dexter Fowler, center field has been an issue. So, just two days ago, David Ross sent him out to center field, you know, for the second half of the ball game. So he's extremely athletic. He handles the bat really well, hits the ball to right field as good as anybody on the ball club. And he gives you a contact hitter um, that since the Zobris time of the Cubs, the Cubs have been dying for. So he really stands out to me. He's going to he's gonna turn some heads and um, kind of reminds me of a young Dustin Pedroia. He may not hit for the same power because of the ballpark. You just don't know, but he's that kind of just a good quality baseball player. Guys, for the uh, first time ever, we're going to see the National League have the DH for all 60 games for the entire season. A, a new rule due to the shortened season, and I already see Greg shaking his head no up there in the corner. But that's uh, with, with all of us being National League, uh, representing National League teams, that means that we get uh, nine hitters in the order. So which team, or I guess how does your team benefit from that? Ron, I'm going to start with you because it seems like the Cubs have a natural DH right there in the lineup for them that they've been hiding in the outfield. Yeah, Greg doesn't have Schwarber. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know it's, it's been one of those things, you know, and I, I agree with Greg. I like the separation of leagues. I do. I thought it was fun when we did an early play. Um, 
and it was fun in 16 with the World Series of the way things changed. But um, for the Cubs, I, I believe it's beneficial. I saw this in 16, you know, where Kyle was the DH. Kyle's going to play a lot of left field. But the way David Ross is going to use this spot of rotating some guys in and out, I think it's going to help the Cubs. And and when you're playing, you know, like we're all going to be kind of playing playoff baseball right from the start now. You know, if you really have to put your best defensive club out there, and oh, by the way, instead of Kyle in left field, you're still going to get four at-bats out of them. Uh, I think it's very beneficial for the Cubs um, to add the DH. It really is. Greg, how about the Pirates? Well, the DH is not what it was when it was implemented. The American League thought it was going to be a one position where a star hitter uh, was not much of a defender, would be able to make millions and millions of dollars, and there are very few David Ortiz's left. I think I saw something maybe today that said there were two designated hitters in the American League last year who played 130 or more games, if I'm not mistaken, Nelson Cruz and Chris Davis. So the DH is not what it was meant to be. It's a, a chance to, to day off, and that's what they're going to do. Regular players at Josh Bell will get a day off. Colin Moran will get a day off. Kevin Newman. These guys aren't real, quote, DHs, these big power hitters. Yeah, there's a, a Kyle Schwarber here and there, but uh, most teams will, will do, I think, what the Pirates are planning on doing, and that is giving guys uh, a day off here and there, and you'll see as many as – like I think the Yankees used 15 designated hitters last year. Uh, the Pirates well, might get close to that in 60 games this year. Jeff, would that be a, a position that Ryan Braun would benefit from when he comes back or when he's healthy? Yeah, it certainly would. And, and he's been the kind of the guy that everybody's looked at to be the DH for the Brewers. I think Logan Morrison will get some at-bats. But like Greg said, I think Craig Council is going to use that as a get-off-your-legs day. Uh, for a lot of the outfielders, some of the infielders, you'll see Keston here as a DH to allow some of the better defensive second baseman and Eric Sogard or Brock Holt play second base on occasion. So it's going to be a revolving door. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, the majority of the DH at bats will more than likely go to a guy like Ryan Braun if he's healthy um, and just see where it goes. I think Craig Council is a guy who's been super creative with his lineups. He does it with the pitching staff, too. Um, but the, you're going to use a lot of different players in that DH spot uh, for, for Milwaukee this year, I think. Polo, we've seen in the inter-squad games, Matt Carpenter getting a lot of at-bats at DH. Do you see that being the case, or do you see Mike Schilt changing it up? <laughs> it all depends who pitches. I mean, you're not going to throw him out there when there's a lefty. You're not going to throw him out there against John Lester. So I think the Cardinals, a lot of people think they will benefit uh, out of this, but like you guys said, like, like everybody else is saying, it's going to be mix and match, mix and match. You know, I, I, I don't know that it's going to be more of a t take a day off because you're only playing 60 games. And as it is, players like to play. But uh, at the end of the day, it's what the, 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 the coaches, the managers, and let's not forget, the computers think about that day. So the computers are going to tell you in the Cardinals case, if it's going to be Rangel Ravelo, if it's going to be Matt Carpenter, Perhaps, you know, the, the, the difference that I see is not so much giving guys a day off, but give, him, give, him, give some guys some at-bats. I want to see what Andrew Kisner does with, uh, with his, with his at-bats. I think Andrew Kisner can be a DH because we know Yadi is, gonna, he is going to want to play every single day, and he's going to play if he can, if he's healthy. So I want to see what Andrew Kisner does if he gets the chance to be a DH. So 
again, some people might say, hey, let's take a day off. Some people might say, you know what, let's see the young guys or the guys out of the bench have four at-bats in the National League. And I perhaps, want to hear you say hey, Ron Hell maybe, Ravello again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rangel Ravello. I, I, I feel like I feel like that scene from uh, from Howard Stern. You guys have seen that movie. You can come right. to the Cubs booth and broadcast them anytime you want. There, there you go. Yeah, as, as, long as, as long as Hideki Hideki era boo 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 boo. And then Bobby, how do you see the Reds using that uh, extra hitter? Yeah, I think they benefit big time. I mean, they had a crowded outfield, and it was almost like there was no chance they were going to be able to put at bats for everyone. And this is kind of the way they'll do it. I think Jesse Winker will be kind of their primary designated hitter. I don't think he'll do it every day, obviously. Uh, you know, it'll be based off matchups. Uh, but I do think something that's going to pop up is, you know, guys don't want to DH. You know, Nick Castellanos, he said he wanted to be in the National League, so he didn't have to DH when he signed his free agent contract. Uh, in January. And Joey Votto said the same thing. He doesn't want to DH. So, you know, it's a new thing. I mean, these guys obviously coming into the season, they didn't know, you know, a DH was going to be possible until a month ago. So I, I think it's going to be something where managers have to be delicate about it, where they can't just make a guy their primary designated hitter for 50 games and they're happy about it. All right, fellas, as we wind things down, a couple more questions for you. First of all, as we all know, None of us will be, in, be broadcasting in October if we don't have pitching. So let's go around the horn and tell me about your starters. Tell me about your bullpen. Tell me what you're most concerned about. And we'll start off with you, Greg. Well, I'm most encouraged about what I've seen of the starters. Uh, Joe Musgrove looks tremendous. He'll start opening day against uh, the Cardinals in St. Louis on Friday. Trevor Williams working with new pitching coach Oscar Marine. Looks as though he's found a uh, curveball. Uh, we've got Mitch Keller, who stumbled a, a top prospect to pitch in September last year, but yeah, uh, looks also good in summer camp. They're going to go with, we haven't announced this yet, but they're going to go with a piggyback game every fifth day, at least initially, with uh, Stephen Brault and Chad Cool, one lefty, one righty, depending on what the lineup looks like. Flip-flop those guys. Uh, one guy goes three, the next guy goes three or four. And then uh, Derek Holland, veteran left-hander, who also worked with Oscar Marine when they were both in Texas a couple of years ago, and looks like he's maybe found the fountain of youth. So fingers crossed. Not a ton of depth, but the, the starters are looking good. And as I mentioned earlier, the bullpen looks shaky. I mean, uh, Felipe Vasquez last year got in a lot of trouble. He's in jail somewhere. Uh, Keone Kella. You know, uh, it's kind of unexplained. This is kind of what we have now with COVID. Uh, the, the, if the player doesn't want to announce it uh, publicly, it doesn't have to be. But we also don't know if it could be something else. He was going to be the closer. Uh, then we had Edgar Santana, who had a great rookie year a couple years ago, but underwent Tommy John surgery last year, looked good in spring training one, but then he gets suspended for PEDs. Uh, now, so the bullpen is going to be – what, what I thought was the strength going into spring training, because they look good, the arms look good. Still some strong candidates, Kyle Crick uh, looking good, uh, uh, Michael Felice and others. But that for me now is the big question mark. How does Derek Shelton mix and match once his starters? And by the way, we didn't talk about this earlier with the 60-game schedule. What happens with 60 games? Do these guys, do these managers, do they feel pressured to maybe have their starters go a little longer than they normally would in 162 games. That is going to be really interesting to me, strategically speaking, 
what these managers do. Can they hold themselves back? Can they help themselves in a 60-game sprint? Uh, I don't know if Derek Shelton will. We'll find out. Well, you know what? I think it's going to come down to having a good bench coach that can kind of nudge that manager from time to time about what's Mm -hmm. going on out there. So we're going to have a lot of games decided by bench coaches. Bobby, we talked so much about Cincinnati's offense. Your pitching staff is one of the more intriguing ones in our division. What do you like about them? What are you concerned about? You know, the starting rotations looks great throughout the scrimmages. I mean, Sonny Gray, he threw four hitless innings um, in his last tune-up before opening day. He's the opening day starter. Luis Castillo, his changeup is, you know, well-known. He'll be the number two guy. Trevor Bauer, uh, he struck out eight guys in five innings his last time out. He he looks ready for the season. He said he could throw 150 pitches his first time out if if necessary. Obviously, I don't think that'll happen. But, uh, you know, even Wade Miley and Anthony DiScofani, the four and five guys, they're kind of forgotten. But, you know, they're serviceable guys, above-average guys in the league. So I think, you know, the starting rotation's really, really strong. I mean, one of the best in the league if you go one through five. And then the bullpen, Rysel Iglesias is their closer. Uh, they have some solid, but, you know, some guys that need to take step forwards, Michael Lorenzen, Amir Garrett. Uh, they added some veteran guys, Nate Jones and Pedro Strope to the bullpen. Uh, Brooks Raley, who pitched with the Cubs in 2013 and spent the last five years in Korea, he'll be in the bullpen. So, uh, that, that, that'll be the big question mark. I mean, if, if everyone knew it was a 60-game season, I think they would have done more to address it. Uh, but, you know, going into the season, I think they feel as confident as they can in their starters. Ron Coomer, Chicago Cubs have an interesting starting rotation. What about that bullpen? Alan bullpen, you know, is what it is. You got Kimbrell, who really struggled with the Cubs when he signed in July last year. Um, his arm is great. I mean, he's still throwing 95 to 97 with the fastball. When he went home from the season, he worked with some of the analytics and, and some machinery to to get some uh, information on, you know, his pitches and the depth of his fastball and, and the spin rates of his curveball. So some of that we'll have to see. The Cubs, the Cubs situation is a lot like what Greg was saying. Um are you going to let your starter go a little deeper in the game? Because that's going to be the, the top part of the Cubs rotation will be some of their strength. And then the Cubs, like a lot of teams, two wicks, uh, one right-hander, one left-hander, big arms, big guys, um, haven't pitched a lot in the big leagues. Um, Kyle Ryan, a left-hander who had a great year last year, but same thing. He had one real year in the big leagues and now, you know, a lot's going to be put on his shoulders. So, um, Jeremy Jeffress, to me, who we've all seen in Milwaukee for years, um, is going to give us some stabilizing um, a personality in the bullpen that you've seen pitch in the big leagues a lot and can give you innings. And, and the, the situation of the game isn't going to be too big for him. You know, and we see that here in Chicago like Jeff did in, in Milwaukee. So that's the big question mark for the Cubs. The Cubs bullpen, um, you know, some of these young kids have to step up and give you quality innings. And are going to have to pitch in that seventh and eighth inning. Jeff Levering, what about Milwaukee? You guys made some changes in the offseason, so what do you look like? Yeah, lots of changes. Um, For a team that ended up in the playoffs, lost 13 of their 25-man roster for the wild card game. You don't see that a lot, but a lot of veteran presence. I think the Brewers last year going into the season gave the keys to the starting rotation to a couple of young kids, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, and for all intents and purposes, they failed last year. But they've come back. They've learned a lot from what happened last season. Corbin Burns went into the Brewers pitching lab and figured his stuff out, and he's looked lights out. I've talked about him numerous times already today. 
Um, Freddie Peralta is still the same guy, but now he's throwing a slider instead of the big curveball. I think that's going to help him a lot too. So I think there, there's some depth. Um, the Brewers have used their bullpen more than anybody in Major League Baseball the last two years, and I don't think that trend is going to stop in 2020, whether it's a 60-game sprint or 162. The only guy that I could see them really extending innings-wise, maybe two guys, would be Brandon Woodruff because he's built up and he's looked as good as anybody, and Josh Lindblom who's an older guy coming over back from Korea. And Greg, you saw him with the Pirates a number of years ago, but he's like a U Darvish where he throws 100 pitches. Um, and he's, he's not super sexy, but he knows how to get outs. And I think that they're, they're going to ride that uh, in the starting rotation. I like where the Brewers bullpen is. Josh Hader is still Josh Hader. He's velocity's a little bit down right now, but I think that'll get there over the course of the season. Um, and they're going to get Corey Knable back after a year missing Tommy John surgery. His velocity was 95, 96 the other day when he pitched in the bullpen and that hammer curveball is still back. Uh, they made a couple of moves getting David Phelps who has closing experience and he's looked really good. And a guy that you guys saw a bunch with the Cubs over the years, Justin Grimm missed last year, even talked about retiring. He made the team as a non-roster invite his velocity is 95-96, and his slider is back to being that wipeout slider. So I, I think that they have some depth. They have some different options back in the back end of the bullpen. And don't forget Brent Suter, everybody's favorite pitcher. He's still back in the bullpen. He might start, and he's going to make games real fast. Polo, what about the Cardinals? If there's one strong suit, I think from top to bottom, they may have, uh, may have a pretty good setup so far. You know, Jeff used the word sexy, right? Well, the Cardinals are bringing sexy back. Yes, I am a big fan of Justin Timberlake. With Jack Flaherty, he, this kid, not only does he look good on pictures, but he looks good on the mound. And everybody here needs, I mean, we, we have to admit that he perhaps is the ace of the division. I have no problem. I have no questions for Jack and the way he goes about his business. I love everything about Jack Flaherty. With Adam Wainwright, we all know Wayne. We know what he can do, and he has been doing it. Now, for some, the question could be another sexy guy. Carlos Martinez, yes, he dresses extremely sexy. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you are missing out. Carlos Martinez is going to be the wild card. Which Carlos Martinez are we going to see? Are we going to see the guy who was closing last year? When, when he came in, I, I, I always tell Benji Molina, my, my, my partner in the booth, are we going to finish this game right now? Or are we going to with two extra innings with this guy? Because we didn't know what we were going to get. So hopefully he gets it together. All the outside distractions with all this quarantine and staying home and being healthy are going to help him. And I think the Cardinals, like you said, Mike, have a lot of uh, good numbers. I've got a, a lot of good players coming in from top to bottom. The bullpen, some, hey, you know what? We don't have a real closer. KK can close. Ryan Helsley can, can close. Giovanni Gallegos can close. So to me, that's an advantage over a lot of other teams you don't know who's coming in and talking about the 60 game season you need somebody like that you need somebody who's going to come in and at least give you a good chance of closing the game you don't need to use the same guy every single night you don't need to use the same guy three nights in a row four nights sometimes which will be crazy you have three or four different guys who can come in the sixth seventh eighth ninth inning and close the door for 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 your team which i i like that i like that versatility from from the Cardinals and I do think we have the best the best uh, overall pitching staff in the National League Central. 
Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. From early mornings to late nights, behind the scenes and on the front lines, your neighbors are busy creating a better tomorrow. And we're accelerating progress from upgrading natural gas mains in Quincy to expanding substation capacity in Mount Vernon, reliable power communities can depend on. Ameren, Illinois, energy at work. And welcome back in as we wrap things up here on the Klabes Online National League Central Roundtable presented by Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, and the HomeLoanExpert.com as we uh, bring the uh, panel back into play. And Mike Claiborne, you have one question for all of our guests to, uh, to end things here. All right, boys, before we get out of here, we've talked a great deal about our division, and I think we're a little smarter thanks to you guys. What's Give me one word, one team in one city that you want to see in the American League you're looking forward to seeing because we don't see that division a, a lot. Obviously, the Cubs and the White Sox see each other a little bit more. But what's the one team, Greg Brown, that you're looking forward to seeing in the American League Central? Uh, Mike, I'm going to kind of skirt the question because I get this opportunity. The Toronto Blue Jays, they are <laughs> playing games in Pittsburgh. Now, I don't know how I'm going to handle this because I'm not traveling on the road. I guess I could see like double headers almost every day. I, it's crazy. I might just hang out at the Clemente Bridge and look uh, in through center field and watch the Blue Jays play their baseball season. What about you, Bobby? Uh, the Twins. I mean, all the homers they hit. And I grew up in Minnesota, so always fun to watch them play. Ron, have you seen enough of the Chicago White Sox in your lifetime? No, because then I get a good argument with my family. So I'm going to go like Bobby did the Twins. You know, as a fellow South Sider, it's good good bashing when we get together and, you know, talk Cubs Sox. What about you, Jeff? I want to see what the White Sox are all about. I want to see if that's legit. I would have loved to have seen Michael Kopech this year. I get that. But uh, I think the White Sox are going to be a, a really interesting team. Polo. It's a close one for me between the White Sox and the Indians because of the White Sox and all the talent they brought in with Luis Robert. Watch out for that kid. But with the Indians, I want to take a good look at future Cardinal Francisco Lindor. Yes, I said that. <laughs> Sorry, you're recruiting. Hey, hey, hey. You get There's no tampering, right? There's no tampering here. You get a lot of about it. Hey, fellas, we're out of time. Um, first of all, thank you so much for being part of this. Secondly, stay safe this year. Uh, we probably won't cross paths very often, but when we do, I'll be looking forward to seeing you. And if nothing else, maybe we'll cross paths in postseason play. But stay healthy, stay strong, and best of luck to your teams as long as they're not playing the Cardinals. Uh, and may the best team win this year. Hey, thanks, Klebs. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Well, Jeff Levering and Joe, Joe Roderick. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for watching Claves Online. We'll be seeing you at the ballpark, or at least you'll be hearing us or seeing us from the ballpark. Have a great baseball season to everyone in the baseball world.